Located on the edges of your radio static, you have stumbled upon the lost signal. Tonight we bring you a story called The Midnight Hour. Written for radio by Tilson Mullally. Tonight's episode stars the Lost Signal stable of actors. KFRP 92.3, where the hits go to live. And for all you creepy people out there, join us tonight for the Midnight Hour, Edgewood's own true crime radio show. The horror starts tonight at the Midnight Hour. He's on in five minutes. Where the hell is that fat asshole? I don't know, Phil. You know how Scott can be, and... I know he's always late. I know he's always stuffing his face with coffee and junk. And I know that if it were up to me, his fat ass would have been fired. What are y'all standing around for? Let's go. Show's about to start. Matt, production boot. Yeah, sure, sure, Scott. I'm, uh, I'm going. Where the hell have you? Gee, Phil, I'd sure love to uh, talk, but I'm on here shortly. In fact... Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome to the Midnight Hour. Your late night source for all things evil occurring in the minds of men. We'll be back with our first story after these messages from our sponsor. You're saying there, Phil? I'm telling you, Scott. One more slip up and I'm going to the station manager. Uh-huh. Uh, donut? You can't hide behind your numbers forever, Mathers. And you stole that tagline from the shadow. So that's a no to the donut, then. Watch your damn step, Mathers. Everything all right in there, Scott? Hey, why don't you worry about your own job, Mac? Start the count. Asshole. Yeah, you're on in five, four, three, two. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Midnight Hour. Your premier true crime radio show on Edwards' own local station, 92.3 KFRP. Tonight's episode is a special treat, listeners, as we will be covering not only a gruesome case, but a local one. If you've lived in Edgewood for the last five years, then you remember Derek Reese, the Edgewood hometown boy accused of murdering his own family five years ago at the age of 16. Reese a straight-A student and athlete at Edgewood High, took an axe and single-handedly murdered his younger brother and parents as they slept one cold October night. He turned himself in the next morning. To date, Reese has never admitted as to why he committed these atrocities, and his silence has rung from Edgewood Penitentiary, lingering over the town and leaving us all with unanswered questions. Tonight, dear listeners, we will recap the story, along with a special guest expert, and perhaps find why such a promising young boy would commit such a horrendous crime. All that and more, tonight, on the Midnight Hour. Stay tuned. 
now you're clear. Sounds like a good show tonight, Scott. Oh, Mac, you don't know the half of it. I've been wanting to talk about Reese for years, but it was so recent. You know how small town trogs can be. You're one of them. But now, <laughs> local gold like this will catapult our ratings. Maybe even take us national. I smell award ceremonies, Mac. <clears throat> you alright, Scott? Yeah, fine. It's a little cramp up in the chest. Who'd you get as a guest tonight? Ah, uh, you'll see. Took a lot of finagling. Feel like I've been awake for days surviving on coffee. <laughs> Caffeine jitters all week. It's awful. <sighs> He'll be calling in any time now, though, so uh, watch that phone, alright? Yeah, sure. Five seconds, Scott. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As I said before the break, tonight we are covering the crimes of our own hometown murderer, Derek Reese, convicted of the murders of his entire family. My producer, Mac, is signaling me now that our guest expert is calling in. You are receiving a call from Edgewood Penitentiary and Correctional Facility. Do you accept the charges? I do. Hello? Can you hear me? I can. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show our very special guest, Edgewood Correctional Inmate number 3547, Mr. Derek Reese. Welcome, Derek. It's a pleasure. Now, I can see my producer Mac has quite the look on his face. I should say I've kept your appearance on tonight's show a secret for the shock value. And I think I've succeeded there. Derek, can you tell us exactly where you're calling from? I'm in my cell, in the Edgewood Penitentiary. There are two guards on either side of the door, monitoring this phone call. I see. Now, Derek, this is the first interview you've done since imprisonment, correct? Yes. And that has been your choice? Or the choice of the prison? That has been my own choice. And why is that? Who would want to discuss such tragedies? The tragedy you caused, if I may point out, Derek. Circumstances aside, it's not pleasant. So what has made you come on my show tonight, Derek? Guilt? Do you finally want to admit why you committed such atrocities against your own flesh and blood? I don't really know. Maybe so people will realize I'm just a man, like them. Maybe so they'll realize I'm a monster. I don't know. Perhaps tonight, we will learn together, Derek. Stay on the line. We'll have some questions for you after these messages. And as for the rest of you, please stay tuned for the rest of tonight's Midnight Hour. The axe had been hanging in the shed for a week. Dad had bought it to replace the old one he'd worn out after a decade. Dad wasn't a logger, but we had a wood stove, and he always kept wood stocked for it. And why the axe, Derek? Dad had the guns locked up, and I searched for the keys to his safe for a while, about a month or so before, but I could never find him. He bought the axe, and I saw the opportunity. So... It was a spur-of-the-moment murder, then? Not at all. Like I said, I'd been searching for the key to his gun safe before I remembered the axe in the shed. 
It been on my mind since puberty. I guess I just wanted to know what it felt like. How what felt like? To take a life. Drain it out of somebody, like poking a hole in the bottom of a water bottle. Dirk, did your parents ever abuse you? What? No. They ever touch you? Hit you? Anything? No, never. So, do you think your parents deserved what you did to them, Derek? Or your brother? In case our listeners didn't know, he was only eleven. No. My parents loved me. My brother loved me. They didn't deserve it. Hmm. Walk us through the night, Derek. It was late. Midnight or something, I don't remember. Dad had finally gone to bed. He'd always had trouble sleeping, so... Midnight-ish was fairly early for him. His and Mom's room was down the hall from mine, so... When I heard his door click, I laid in bed for another hour or so before moving. I remember slipping into the hall and stepping towards their door. The light was off, so I knew Mom wasn't reading, and... I could hear Dad snoring before I'd press my ear to the door. My brother Bill had been in bed with the flu, so... Him being asleep was almost a given. I'd taken the axe that morning before I'd gone to school and stashed it under my bed, so sneaking out to the shed wasn't a problem. I started with Bill. I figured it'd be easier. I think I stared at him for almost half an hour in the dark, trying to get up the nerve. His nose had half cleared from the mucus and... Each breath he took sounded like a whistle. Irritating sound, you know. It just irked me. Things have always irked me like that. It's like a pressure in my skull. And then what happened, Dirk? I brought the axe down three times, right on his head. The whistling stopped after the second blow, and the third was just to be sure, but... You never really know. Then I moved to my parents' room. I was laser-focused at this point. Whenever I start a task, I always get into this sort of silent, laser-focused mode. I started with Dad. He was a big guy, and if I had started Mom, he might have been able to wake up and stop me. I gave him five or ten, and then... And I don't remember... I moved Mom. Mom was on melatonin, so she was out like a light. She never even rolled over. Finished her off the same way. I see. For the record, listeners, Derek's father Stan had 35 axe wounds. His mother had 42. His brother Bill, as Derek stated, only had three. This may sound like a lot, but remember... Reese had been a champion powerlifter at Edgewood High School. This was nothing to him. But Derek, I think there is one question on our listeners' minds tonight. And that is quite simply, why? Derek, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. I told you. I wanted to know what it felt like to take a life... But your own family? Didn't you love them? Dearly. My parents were lovely. 
The only mistake they ever made was giving birth to me. The only mistake Bill made was being my brother. Derek, you could have killed anybody. And yet you specifically focused on your family. I suppose everybody has a propensity for violence. Most people can keep it locked up. I guess my lock broke and they just happened to be in the way. What was that, Derek? Oh, thunder from the cell window. I see. Hold on, folks. It appears as though our guests can read minds. Because Mac has just handed me an urgent notice. Edgewood is officially on a thunderstorm watch until noon tomorrow. And what a night for a storm, discussing such a horrific event. Now, Derek, I'm afraid I must ask you again. Why did you kill your family? That is such a difficult question to answer, Scott. Yes, I suppose it is. As we cut to break, I wonder if you can come up with an answer. Stay with us, Derek, and you stay with us as well, dear listeners. We'll be back shortly. <sighs> Criminy Mac, I left the window down in my car. It's already soaked, I'm sure, but run out and roll it up, would you? Yeah, sure, Scott. You want to leave Reese on hold like this? The prison's got to be gouging us on these phone rates. Nah, it's a private line I set up for the interview. I added the whole Edgewood correctional bit at the beginning from a recording. We're fine. Ah, I got gotcha. you. All right, I'll be back. You're on in 10. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Mac. Welcome back, listeners. With us tonight is convicted killer Derek Reese, who's about to get on to why he murdered his family on that October evening five years ago. Reese, when we last left the audience, I asked you to think on the reason you committed such horrendous crimes against your own family. Have you come up with an answer? Derek? Folks, it appears we've been disconnected. I will have to humbly excuse myself to the production booth to reconnect us to Edgewood Correctional. Stay tuned. <sighs> Great, I hope the storm didn't cut the phone lines. Okay. Ah, here's the prison number. Good thing I had Mac write that down. All right. Edgewood Correctional. Yeah, this is uh, Scott Mathers, 92.3 KFRP. Our connection with Derek Reese and his private line was cut, and I need to reestablish that connection. Who'd you say you were? Scott Mathers, host of Midnight Hour on 92.3 KFRP. Doing an exclusive interview tonight with Derek Reese on the show. Been working with Officer Lyle Mort for the last week to set it up. I'm sorry, Mr. Mathers, but we weren't made aware of any interview. Well, then you've got to be misinformed. Reese and I have been talking for the last hour. I can double-check for you, sir, and call back. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Now, ah, uh, Chest is tight. Cramps. I've got to cut down on the junk food and coffee, that's for sure. That was fast. Hello, Scott Mathers, Midnight Hour. Mr. Mathers? Derek, good. Thought we lost you there for a second. Yes, I'm sorry about that. But you'll be happy to know I've come up with an answer for you about why I committed my crimes. 
especially against people like my parents, such, such well-admired people. Perfect, perfect. Just uh, give me a moment to take this back into the recording booth, and we'll uh, get back onto the. One second, Derek. I've got another call. And, uh, hey, get further away from your cell window before I call back. I can really hear the rain and the thunder, and I. It's hard to hear your voice. Midnight hour. Mr. Mathers? Speaking. Checked on the problem with your uh, private line to Derek Reese. There was never a line set up. Is this some kind of dumb joke? I'm afraid not, sir. Well, check again. I've got the guy on the other line. You got him on the phone? Yeah. I see. Can you keep him on the line? Yeah, we have another 30 minutes left in our interview. Of course I can. Why? We're dispatching a unit to your location. The uh, storm may slow us, but please keep him on the line. Why? We checked Reese's cell while looking into your private line problem. Reese isn't there. He's escaped. Uh, I see. I'll be waiting, officer. Derek? Would you like to know why I did it, Mr. Mathers? Why, Derek? Come to the window just outside that production booth you're standing in. You see me there? In the rain? By the payphone? Yes. Yes. Would you like to know why I killed them, Mr. Number One Radio Host? Why's that, Derek? Because I liked it. You're listening to the Lost Signals production of Tilson Mullally's The Midnight Hour. If you enjoy our show, don't forget to rate and follow on the podcasting platform of your choice, as well as following us on our social medias and subscribing on YouTube. And now, we bring you part two of our production. Mac! Mac, you there? Mac! Mac, we have an issue! Shit! Shit, 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 shit. I know Mac has a flashlight in the booth. Won't open. Seems stuck. There. Where's that flashlight? Ah, here. What was blocking the... Oh my god! Mac! Slash throat. Could it be... Damn it! It's dead already? Mac, you idiot! Keep good batteries in this... Who's there? Reese? Sky. Sky. Hear that axe on the floor, Scott? Reese? Hello? Sky. Come here, we gotta finish the interview. 
right here in the recording booth. Police. Police are on their way. Is he alright, officer? Nope. Dead. It's just a prank. That's what you told your cousin, right, Phil? It was supposed to just be a prank. I did tell him that, Mac. Listen, officer. My cousin didn't touch him. He didn't even have a weapon, okay? None of this was on purpose, and- Oh, no, no. It wasn't anything like that. He had a massive heart attack. It gave out on him. What? Yeah. What did you say? Your cousin tried to scare him? I mean, his heart was weak, and as big a guy as he is, a good scare probably could have done it. Hey, fella, what's, uh, what's that around your neck there? Oh, it's just red paint. Oh, poor Scott. Yeah, it really is too bad. He's a big fan of the show. Returning now to the edges of your radio static, this has been The Lost Signal. Follow us on Twitter at The Lost Signal 1 and Instagram at The Lost Signal Podcast. Also, follow and rate us on iTunes. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>